At the theater, more than the movies come to life, movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app, ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance, terror, and quality family screen time. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. Welcome to Bet the Edge, I'm Jay Croucher, here as always with Drew Dinsick. We're recording in the middle of Sunday Night Football where Bruce Hall's just broken off a two-yard run and the New York Jets are losing 17-2 to the Kansas City Chiefs. So we won't touch too much on those teams, uh, but we'll talk about all of the Sunday games, the openers for next week, and then a quick look at Monday Night Football. But Drew, what was your biggest takeaway of the day? I think we got to start with the Buffalo Bills, Jay. Buffalo. That was a big win. And it wasn't just the way they got it done. It was um, uh, the opponent, obviously. Um, Miami came into this game with a uh, a lot of momentum, as one would say. Uh, and Buffalo shut them down. Um, I think the the ball bounced in the way of the home team if we're being honest. Um, but uh, the 48 to 20 final scoreline between Buffalo and Miami, I think spelled uh, the, you know, or at least it spoke to um, the fact that Buffalo came in with uh, as th- that game as a, you know, a prove it game. And uh, Miami on the other hand uh, was coming off of a pretty impressive win the week before in a three and zero start. Um, and so I think, you know, it's it's uh it's it's noteworthy uh to understand that Buffalo should be power ranked ahead of Miami. Uh and now Buffalo with uh, that head to head win is uh in pretty decent shape to take control of the AFC East and uh maybe even position pole position themselves for uh an AFC uh one seed, which uh, again carries with it the equity of the entirety of the AFC championship game. So if you wanted any kind of Buffalo futures, I hope you got them. Uh, before they took care of business, but uh, that was the game of the week, and it was an impressive win for Buffalo. Yep. The only dampener on that is Tredavious White, who looks like he's torn his Achilles, uh, which is not ideal for the team, given he's their number one cornerback. Now it'll be, you know, Dane Jackson and Kyrie Lamb stepping up into that role. But, yeah, overall, uh, they obviously improved their chances of winning the AFC East significantly. Uh, They'll be the favorites in that division when it's repriced, given that they have the tiebreak over Miami, uh, and we'll see. And they'll be, you know, as good a chance as anyone for the one seed, I would expect. The one thing is they do have a brutal schedule the rest of the way but so do Kansas City and Miami, so it doesn't matter as much as it might otherwise. Uh, So, yeah, I would think they should be the favorite for the AFC uh, right now. Uh, The other other thing that really stood out to me from the slate is uh, Lamar Jackson played about as well as he's played in a couple of years. And the fact that he put up 28 on the Browns and kind of did it with ease and looked like... 2019 Lamar Jackson, he's missing offensive linemen. He's missing uh, multiple receivers. 
But he just came out and he made the best defense in the league to this point look pretty pedestrian. Miles Garrett got him once with a completely unstoppable move. But outside of that, uh, they were dominant. And look, 28 to 3, they're going up against DTR. Uh, and, you know, teams have bad days defensively. Think about the Cowboys against the Cardinals, and now the Cowboys are probably being restored to perhaps the having the mantle of the best defense after what they did to the Patriots. Think about the end of last year, what uh, Jared Stidham did to the Niners. Like, good, great defenses have off days, but I thought that was very impressive from Lamar in a way that I wasn't expecting, and now they're even money basically to win the division, uh, and they're right there. You know, with I, I'd say they're probably the step down from from Buffalo and Kansas City. But uh, what do you think of Baltimore after today? Well, <clears throat> I think it's important to note that they were the only winners in their division. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and not just only winners in their division, but the other losers all lost with a little bit of uh, you know, and a little extra, a little extra juice. Yeah, um, the Bengals lost to the tune of. They look completely un, you know, completely toothless on offense. Um, the Steelers lost and may have lost their quarterback for the season. It's tough to say. Um, and uh, you know, the Ravens beat the Browns head to head in a game that did not feature Deshaun Watson. And uh, yeah, DTR was completely outmatched. He had virtually no hope of beating that defense. Um, I cannot really even imagine a less favorable. Uh, first start as a uh, as a rookie, then uh, going up against the Mike McDonald defense. That was really, really a tough ask for DTR, but uh, he does not look ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Browns get a bye uh, now to presumably get right. Um, I didn't really have a good read on the Deshaun Watson injury heading into the week. Uh, I think when we previewed the game during the week, I don't even remember if we mentioned Deshaun Watson as potentially uh, injured. And, you know, that was a little bit of a surprise that it was so serious that he had to miss the game. Um, but it's pretty clear that their backup situation is uh, problematic. Um, I wonder if they will regret uh, trading Josh Dobbs to the Cardinals. Dobbs obviously looks significantly more uh, live in terms of uh, NFL quarterback status than DTR does. Um, but all this said, uh, Ravens now have a lucky win against the Bengals when Joe Burrow was limited, a lucky win against the Browns when Deshaun Watson was unavailable. Uh, and those two wins combined with the fact that, uh, you know, those were two of maybe the toughest games on their schedule in division on the road, uh, I think portends well for the uh, Ravens to win the North. Uh, even if it is, uh, you know, an 11 win Ravens team that gets a three or a four seed. So um, I think actually the Ravens doing what they did today makes me even more bullish about the Bills potentially, uh, you know, positioning themselves well for an AFC title. Yeah. I think I've got a lot of Browns division in the plus 230, plus 250 range. And it's funny because even after today, even after losing 28 3 at home, uh, to the team most likely to take the division from them. I feel like that price doesn't really drift that much because of just how bad the Bengals looked in particular, who I think were the biggest threat to to join the Ravens and Browns competing for that division. And then the Steelers, who have just looked terrible for a month. And I don't know how they've gotten two wins, uh, but they look awful at the moment. And to be losing 30-6 to, to Houston is, is obviously not a great sign. So... 
the fact that there's that, and then also the Browns have a very conveniently scheduled bye week coming up this week, which gives Deshaun an extra week to be able to heal. Because if this was DTR playing their next games against San Francisco, if it was DTR against the Niners, that's basically an automatic loss. And now it looks like they'll get Deshaun Watson back for that at home in Cleveland. So all of a sudden, that's a game that you can win. So, yeah, I wouldn't write off Cleveland. Certainly a disturbing performance from their defense. The offense, I think you'll largely have to throw it out. Uh, but the Ravens looking like the class uh, of that division. Uh, in the other early games, uh, Atlanta-Jacksonville, Desmond Ritter uh, looked horrific. Minnesota-Carolina, Vikings saved their season. Denver-Chicago, eh, nothing, nothing too compelling about these games for me. Was there anything else from the, the early slate that stood out to you? No, and I guess... The only thing I can actually even bring up is that uh, <clears throat> the uh, the Ravens have two more road games now <clears throat> after that at Cleveland, at Steelers this week, and then at Tennessee. They are getting the Steelers at an amazing time. They're getting the Titans at a very, very solid time. Uh, and I think you could potentially be through four of your um, you know, your seven road games. Uh, I guess eight. They have eight this year. Four of your eight road games will be behind you before you even get into the month of November, which is, I think, pretty favorable for the Ravens in terms of, you know, reaching some higher, you know, higher level of uh, wins that gets them into, uh, you know, kind of home home stretch in the AFC. Um, that said, you know, the the early games on this on the slate overall, I thought were pretty um inconsequential yeah i like that jacksonville bounced back uh the fact that chicago choked a win was probably better for them in the long run uh the minnesota carolina game i am still scratching my head about um i played the over there i got two defensive touchdowns and didn't sniff the over (laughs) which seems impossible um and uh and then the uh uh, you know, the Bengals Titans, we talked about, uh, uh, uh yeah, I, I mean, I guess the big consequential one that might be worth kind of digging a little more on is Rams Colts, uh, on the early slate. Um, this was probably the best game. I guess some people probably would qualify commanders Eagles as the best game, uh, of the early slate, but, uh, I, I really enjoyed Rams Colts. Um, Colts spotted the Rams, the 23 point lead. Rams probably could have scored even more than that. Uh, they settled for field goals and some drives where they probably should have scored touchdowns. Uh, the Colts came back to force overtime, which was pretty cool. Um, I love watching Anthony Richardson play football. Uh, give me more Anthony Richardson and Colts football. It was uh, an incredible uh, just viewing experience. Ton of fun. Uh, wish they had ended up closing the door, but uh, you know, the Rams are a very, very good offense. Uh, Puka Cup with the game-winning touchdown felt uh, very appropriate. He was incredible all game. Uh, Indianapolis had virtually no hope of covering him. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the Rams actually have positioned themselves fairly well to get a wild card in a weak NFC. Uh, and I think uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are worth the mention this year as well. Uh, really hard-fought win against the Saints. They deserved every bit of this win. They are still more injuries to this team amazingly 
Um, but they're now three and one uh, and sitting in the catbird seat in a very, very, very weak division. Yeah, I think with the Bucks, the fact that they've secured the first half of that tiebreak against New Orleans uh, and and the fact they've done it on the road, uh, I think they're rightfully the favorites now for that division, incredibly, given what the expectations were of them before the season. With Rams-Colts, I think if the offensive player of the year vote were held today, Christian McCaffrey would win and Puka Nakua would come fourth um, incredibly, Four. given that yeah. he has 501 receiving yards and is leaving, leading the league in receptions and just had a game-winning walk-off touchdown in overtime on the road. Uh, so, yeah, he's been incredible. We'll see what happens to his usage uh, if and when Cooper Cup comes back. Last one just quickly. Uh, Dallas beat New England 38-3. to uh, I think that's basically curtains on the Patriots doing anything of interest yep. in terms of you know, winning the division or getting to double-digit yep. wins wouldn't completely write off them sneaking into a wild card, though that seems uh, unlikely. Mac Jones gets benched in the second half. Christian Gonzalez gets hurt as well. Uh, what do you read into this one? Cowboys defense, you think, is just just back? Uh, yeah, that the Cowboys defense is back. They played amazingly well. Um, and I think realistically, this was probably the job saving performance that the Cowboys needed for Mike McCarthy. Um, this was weirdly a high leverage game for him. Uh, if the Patriots had come out and won, I think he, we would have been uh, leading the conversation with what do the Cowboys do now? They're two and two. The Niners and the Eagles are running away from them. Uh, does Mike McCarthy need to be replaced? Instead, we're looking at 38 to three and the biggest score differential across any team through four weeks is the Cowboys. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I think they're amazing. Uh, the Cowboys defense in particular. Um, some heartburn or some kind of consternation about losing Trayvon Diggs, but boy, oh boy, Deron Bland stepped up today. I think when they go up against mediocre quarterbacks and teams that don't have speed, uh, this Cowboys defense is going to absolutely be able to throttle their opponents. So um, that's my uh, my general read there. And I think Cowboys Niners um, next week is going to set up for sort of a little bit of a preview of our NFC Championship game because you know who did not inspire a ton of confidence today? The uh, at-home Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who probably should have lost to the Commanders. Yes, they probably should have. And, uh, and Riverboat Ron can hand in his Riverboat card. They're uh, <laughs> not going for two. Okay, well, speaking of... Cowboys Niners, all the stars will be out in Northern California, Drew, on Sunday night this week when Micah Parsons and the Cowboys clash with Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers. Coverage of this battle between two of the best teams in the NFC, probably the two best teams in the NFC, begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. 
pick me! Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. When is my man, Brock Purdy, sneaky MVP candidate, going to get his name in the promo, his face on the promo? Enough of this Christian McCaffrey stuff. We saw Christian. what happened when uh, Christian McCaffrey played quarterback in the NFC title game. Drew, it didn't go great. No. Uh, let's talk about the week five openers. Uh, I'll just run through these, and then you let me know what stands out to you. So Thursday night football in the 1 p.m. games, uh, Commanders, six-point favorites, home to the Bears. Bills, five-point favorites against the Jags. Uh, I believe that's a London game. Falcons, two-and-a-half-point favorites, home to the Texans. Lions, minus nine, at home to the Panthers. Colts, minus one-and-a-half, home to the Tennessee Titans in an AFC South showdown. The Dolphins will bounce back from their shellacking as nine-and-a-half-point favorites against the Giants, who will be on a short week. Patriots minus one and a half against the Saints in what will surely be the most uh, competent, unwatchable game that you will see uh, in a while. And then the Ravens are four-point favorites at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, The one that immediately leaps out to me is that the Colts are minus one and a half against Tennessee after what Tennessee did today. I thought that might be closer. Well, closer to pick you can't really get closer to pick. i thought that would be pick but uh what jumps out to you so the big questions are going to be around availability of quarterbacks um most of the market uh, momentum this week leading into the games was swirling around teams that had surprise quarter quarterback inavailability uh, and uh, now that we now you know are expecting that um, you know another week goes by, uh, re- realistic to expect that Jimmy Garoppolo is available for Las Vegas against Green Bay. Uh, realistic to expect that um, uh, you know that uh, uh, Derek Carr is a little bit more. I guess functional, or at least uh, you know, gets a full week of practice going up against New England. Um, the big question remains swirling around Pittsburgh's uh, quarterback situation. Um, I think if you can get Baltimore under three, you might as well just play that. Um, my sentiment is that Kenny Pickett will not go against Baltimore in this spot, and that Pittsburgh is falling apart at the seams. Baltimore, on the other hand, um, they lost another quarterback, another one. Uh, the secondary, the defensive backfield for Baltimore is so beleaguered here. Um, but if this is a Trubisky game, I don't think you're especially worried about Pittsburgh putting up uh, substantial points, especially with the state of their skill position group and who is healthy. Uh, so Baltimore is going to get bet, in my opinion. Uh, and if you can get them on the other side of three, I think you have to. Um, and uh, yeah, I think another week, a full week of practice out of um uh, Anthony Richardson makes the uh, Colts a fun bet against Tennessee, uh, who is better than the scoreline <laughs> reflected. Uh, similarly, I think uh, um, Houston and Detroit are fun, interesting cases to uh, to make because Houston is playing very, very well right now. Uh, amazing defense. CJ Stroud is playing uh, with confidence. Uh, Atlanta is not. I don't even know if Desmond Ritter even gets to start here. I assume he will, but he's been uh, pretty forgettable. Uh, and similarly, Carolina and uh, 
uh, Bryce Young have been a disaster offensively uh, and taking on a Detroit team with extra rest looks like trouble. So um, those are mostly the quarterback injury and quarterback situational spots are most of, mostly what I'm interested in here. Yep. And uh, Justin Herbert, who his finger uh, today with his setup uh, as that game was winding down, uh, looked like a movie villain from the 1920s in a black and white film, the way that was dangling around. It's a great tweet from uh, Daniel Popper, who covers the charges on The Athletic. He's also, according to his bio, a house music producer. So good for you, huh. Daniel. Uh, he said, the, his tweet is, Justin Herbert on his finger. It is but a scratch, just a flesh wound. When asked if the injury is actually a flesh wound or if he was quoting Monty Python, Herbert said that was just a quote. Um, so we'll see what the deal is with Justin Herbert, but uh, it is his non-throwing hand finger so he presumably will be okay i guess they have a bye week that again is pretty well timed much like for cleveland pretty and on the other side of the bye week he's got a uh, home for dallas and then at kansas city so uh, he'd want to get right quickly Oof. uh let's close out with the rest of these games the uh hopeless cincinnati Bengals are four-point favorites at the cardinals uh the jets uh three-point dogs to the Broncos for now. The Chiefs are six-point favorites at the Vikings for now. And then the Niners and the big one, three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cowboys. I think that will probably come down. Uh, And then the Packers are minus one-and-a-half at the mighty Las Vegas Rams. What do you think of Niners-Cowboys at Niners three-and-a-half? Seem a bit big? Yeah, I think if you want to bet the Cowboys, I don't think you can wait. Yeah, I would be. I thought that would be two and a half or three. Um, three and a I half did, is yeah. quite it as well. Quite rich. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any reason for there to be skepticism about Brock Purdy anymore. He was over one point EPA per play today. He leads the league in EPA per play, and I understand that. He's had some interception, some dropped interception luck and some moments of madness. But, you know, that's overall the whole package at this point is very, very good. The fact that Depot Samuel is able to play uh, was a good sign. McCaffrey, you know, looks like the best running back uh, in football alongside Bijan Robinson, I would say. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that that line will will come down. Does anything else jump out to you? Uh, I mean, that's the, the big one is the Cowboys and I like, like, I can't even really put into words how close I was to just completely jumping off of this bandwagon in every shape of the word, uh, as we approach the Patriots game, because, um, it feels very volatile in Dallas. Um, I don't. 100% 100% believe in what we saw from that offense today, that that's sustainable. They don't match up especially well against the Niners. Um, but this line being outside of three is nonsense. It should be inside of three. Uh, and I think this is Cowboys are pass. And I really hope they show up on the road here because, uh, yeah, I'm stacking some Dallas this week by the looks of it. Yeah, for a memory, I think I was all over the Cowboys in the uh, divisional round in San Francisco, uh, and that didn't work out great. As Zach, Dak Prescott had uh, one of the worst performances of his career. Uh, the other one we didn't mention, the Eagles are five-and-a-half-point favorites at the Rams. 
kind of like the Rams uh, getting yeah. five and a half at this point. Uh, we'll see what the status is of Cooper Cup, who I think is available to return if he does uh, or not is another question. But uh, the Eagles have been very, very unimpressive um, to date. The most, one of the more unimpressive 4-0 and teams I can remember. Yeah, extremely unimpressive. And the only thing I can echo is that what the Rams did today, pulling out that victory in that situational spot was super duper impressive. Yep. Yep. Agreed. They're uh, good. Their offense, their offense is legitimate. Okay. Before we get to uh, an illegitimate offense in the New York Giants, a reminder that Bet the Edge isn't the only show every weekday during the NFL season. You can also check out Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Barry, Connor Rogers, and myself. It is live on Peacock at noon, re-airs at 4 p.m. Eastern, and is available on our NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel, as well, as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. For the world's greatest athletes, this is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. At the theater, more than the movies come to life, movie lovers march in and skip the line with digital tickets to the latest movies on the free Fandango app. Ready to grab some snacks. Pick me! And head to the best seats in the house for a night of romance. Terror and quality family screen time. (laughs) Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. We also do a Sunday show pre-game at 11 a.m. Eastern on Peacock leading up to the games where you can tune in like today uh, and see me uh, yelping as a giant bug lands <laughs> on that area, which, uh, outside of uh, MetLife Stadium where we did the show from today. Uh, apparently a terrifying bug scene in uh, East Rutherford uh, that I wasn't prepared for. But uh, uh, anyway, onwards we march to uh, well, see who I, the Giants. I got to ask you a question before we move off of today. Yeah, about the um, no, not about the bug, but uh, about Brocktober, man. Uh, like, I, like should we claim that as our thing? Because, like, I mean, three like and a half. Like, or been on him for MVP? Yes. I know. And, you know, Brocktober. Uh, Brocktober MVP feels like more alive than I've ever, I've ever remembered. Uh, I don't think Tua and the Dolphins are going to get there. I think Josh Allen, even as amazing as he looks today, is still, you know, he's still prone to uh, the uh, kind of unfortunate turnovers. Uh, I worry about uh, Pat Mahomes and what he's working with in terms of skill position players. This does feel like it could be stolen. And if there's anyone, Brock with a 16 and 1, 15 and 2 type of record could be the guy. I'm not even sure it's a stealing. Like he's there is a very real <laughs> chance where he could be the league leader in QBR and EPA per play in passer rating on the best team in football by margin. Like it's not really stealing MVP, it's just winning it. And now people say that Christian McCaffrey is gonna steal credit and he's being touted as the team's MVP. Christian McCaffrey is not the team's MVP. No, he play no. I'm sorry. No. He just doesn't play quarterback. We saw what happened. No. Did everyone see what happened when Brock Purdy left the NFC title game? 
how Christian McCaffrey go leading them to a win <laughs> over the Eagles without Brock Purdy? Like, it's just Purdy is the more valuable player to that offense. He's the quarterback mm-hmm. and he's playing, he's getting progressively better as yeah. well. And look, I know he's not going to have the volume and he's not going to, he's probably not going to have 40 touchdowns. He's not going to have 4,500 passing yards. But if he, if he's the most efficient quarterback in football and gets to, you know, 4,000 yards and 30, 34, five touchdowns or whatever, which I think is very doable. And he does it while having like five picks. And I think he probably would win MVP if the Niners are 14 and 3, 15 and 2, and have the best record in football. This is just how it goes. It doesn't, no one thinks Brock Purdy is better than Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, but no one thought Matt Ryan was the best quarterback in football the year he won it either. No one thought Jalen Hurts was the best quarterback in football last year, and he was minus yeah. 150 before he got hurt to win MVP. It's true. And you might have already said this. And so apologies if it's repeated, but. Uh... He was over one EPA per play. Yeah. Today. Tua was like 0.92 EPA per play. Unbelievable. They won 70 to 20. Unbelievable. Yeah. Purdy was 20 of 21 today for, I think, 283 yards. He had two touchdowns. He had one stolen off him that was converted to a rushing touchdown, which also happened a couple of weeks ago with Debo Samuel, which I wasn't happy yeah, about. Uh, he rushed in one himself. Uh, yeah, I think he should – look, I don't think it's a massive rort or anything. I would still have Mahomes, Allen, Tua above him, uh, and I'd probably have Lamar Jackson slightly in front of him, but he's right there. And there was – earlier today, there was some 30-to-1 available on Purdy. He, max, max should be half that price. Um, and potentially even shorter, I would say. Yeah. Um, should we talk about two teams that don't have an MVP candidate? Uh, <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks, minus one and a half now at the Giants. That line's been moving around. It's flipped to the Seahawks being favoured. The total is 47. Uh, mm. And I think, to me, the most interesting thing about this game, Drew, is do you think that the Seahawks might have a path to being a good defence? Because... They're getting healthier. And now, like Tariq Woolen, uh, the rookie Weatherspoon, Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, uh, still got, you know, Bobby Wagner in town. Like, they do have pieces and talent. They still don't really have a pass rush, which is a problem. But do you think there is a way for this to be, you know, the 11th best offense and the 15th best defense and they're actually a really solid 10-7 and playoff team locked in? Man, my feelings about... Seattle are so complicated. <laughs> I don't even know where to, I don't even know where to go with this uh, question that you ask. Uh, I hold their defense in low regard, largely because of the pass rush situation. Um, if they if they end up being like some amazing team that can just cover everyone, even the good team, good passing offenses, and they can just keep them smothered despite not getting a pass rush. Like, if that's the way they want to live, okay, go for it. That feels very, very fragile to me. Uh, and I look at this particular matchup, you kind of, I feel like, uh, very, um, uh, what's the right word? Uh, like, uh, friendly kind of characterization that it was bouncing around. Uh, I played uh, I played some Giants this week, and the market has gone one way against me. Um, this has been this has been pretty clear sign. Seattle is the side. 
Uh, I don't know that I can really put my fingers on how or why. I did expect that Andrew Thomas was going to be available and he's out. Uh, I did not care one way or the other if Saquon Barkley was going to play and he is out or at least doubtful. Um, but when I look at uh, Daniel Jones and I look at him going up against a defense that can't generate a pass rush, I look at a guy that can get into the you know the high 20s in terms of operating this offense. Um, and the Giants are in a pretty favorable situation here where um, you know they played on Thursday Night Football a million years ago against the Niners. Like It really feels quite a long time ago that we saw the Giants play a football game. In that game, they elected to keep a ton of players out of it to keep them uh, you know, fresh for this contest. And so I think the Giants are going to come give you a game effort. Um, I don't know that the Giants get a comfortable win here, but I played them to get the win. Uh, and I think the Seahawks, particularly the fact that the Seahawks have a little bit of a uh, a brewing cluster injury going on with their offensive line going up against the Giants D line that can generate interior pressure. And that being sort of the, the key that uh, has sort of unwound um, the quality of play from Geno Smith. That's all I needed to get involved with the Giants here. And uh, very hopeful that they do not uh, just completely turtle the way they have <laughs> in prime time to this point. My, uh, my concern with the Giants would be that just with offensive lines, sometimes you get to the point where it's just not viable and your quarterback has, you know, 1.9 seconds to throw or something insane. Like it's just, and you just cannot run a functional offense. And that's what I thought would doom CJ Stroud and his offensive rookie of the year campaign a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and we'll talk about that market throughout the week, but uh, he just hasn't taken a sack in the past two weeks and they've managed to survive. And Damian Pierce wasn't efficient on the ground today, but still got 81 yards. And sometimes you can surprise with an offensive line despite a lack of names. I don't have that confidence with the Giants. They were abominable against the Niners. And I understand it's the Niners, but that game was just wrecked and they never had a prayer on offense and, you know, Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins aren't getting open in, you know, before the pass rush comes home against this, uh, against this Giants O-line. Now, on the flip side, you would say that, well, the Seahawks don't really have a pass rush. They certainly don't have the Niners' pass rush, so maybe that mitigates that weakness a little bit, but I don't know. The Giants' defense hasn't been very good either. This might just be a very bad team, and the Seahawks, I trust in... Gino and DK and Tyler Lockett and Kenneth Walker and the O-line isn't good, but it wasn't good last year either, and they were still efficient enough. I do think this defense might have the pieces, and we'll see because we haven't seen it together yet, but I think the secondary might actually be okay. And, you know, the linebackers, which aren't as important, but still um, to have Bobby Wagner there helps. Uh, and they do have, you know, they have some pieces on the defensive line. They're not getting much of a pass rush, but I do think there is upside on that defense that doesn't really exist for New York. Uh, so I can see why the market is trended that way, particularly with the injury news around Andrew Thomas, who would have been very helpful to have in yeah. this game. Uh, so... I think that's that's a key reason why this line has moved because not only are you losing one of the best offensive linemen in the game, but you're losing one of the best offensive linemen in the game from maybe the worst offensive line in football now as a result. Uh, so that is why uh, I am somewhat leaning Seattle at this point. 
Yeah. <clears throat> it's too late for me. <laughs> 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 I haven't played the Giants. So, uh, uh, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> big, big blue <laughs> riding it out. Uh, it is what it is. But, uh, I mean, you, the point about Andrew Thomas is super valuable. Like, I, I really did not see it coming that he was not going to be available for this contest. It felt like they held him out precautionarily against the Niners. And no, it wasn't a precautionary holdout. He wasn't even available 10 days later. So, yeah, it's, uh, this is uh, this has been uh, a rough season for the Giants. I just, I don't know. I'm I'm now clinging on to hope that uh, um, the uh, extra time to prep that Brian Dable comes up with his best game plan as as a former coach of the year winner. Uh, I believe in him. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, right now he's uh, 150 to one to win coach of the year back to back, Brian. Uh, and you can get 200 to one at Croucher Bet because he's uh, he's not winning coach <laughs> of the year this year. Um, <laughs> congratulations on your win last year, Brian. Semi-deserved. Okay, we are done. Uh, don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those of you watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. Please rate and subscribe if you're listening to us in podcast form. Uh, and also a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. I'm Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. Go Big Blue, and we'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs>